Knockouts and Three Counts, brought to you by All Stick No Sizzle. This is the second episode of Knockouts and Kickouts. On this episode, me and Kyle made a little trip over to Michigan Top Team, which is uh, a very prominent local MMA gym here in the Detroit area. Um, it has produced such fighters as Bellator's Jason Fisher and former UFC fighter Darren Crowshank. Um, on this episode, we're going to feature some of the gentlemen that are going to be fighting this weekend, Saturday, June 17th, in Grand Rapids at the Delta Plex, fighting at KOP 56. Um, we're going to be speaking to Mo and Manib, who are both on this card. Uh, Manib is fighting in the amateur main event, which is going to be a five-round fight for the flyweight championship, amateur flyweight championship. And Muhammad, who's going to be fighting also on this card, he, I believe he's going to be the featured bout right before the co-main event. So we sat down with these two gentlemen, had a great conversation with them. We discussed various topics ranging from weight cuts to um, being at Michigan Top Team and training with guys such as Jason Fisher and Darren Crochet. Uh, being on this card and, and fighting in front of a large crowd. Um, we even talked about some controversial things such as CM Punk. <laughs> Make sure you look forward to that. Um, once again, I really enjoy having these two guys on the show. And I think you're going to enjoy them too. If you want to reach out to these gentlemen on social media, you can contact uh, Manib on Instagram. He's at Godzilla125. And you can also hit him up on Facebook. Manib, I'm, I want to apologize ahead of time. I'm going to butcher your last name. It's Manib Al-Samani. I think I got that right. Manib Al-Samani. I'll spell it out for you. M-U-N-I-B is Manib. His last name is A-L-S-A-I-M-A-N-I. So look him up on Facebook and... Muhammad, I apologize once again. I don't want to butcher your last name. So look him up on Facebook at Muhammad El Satri. I think I got that right. I apologize, man. I really do. I'll spell it out for you. Muhammad is M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. El Satri is A-L-S-A-T-R-I. Look him up on Facebook. You can also hit him up on Twitter and Instagram at Al Satri MMA. That's A L S H A T R I M M A. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. Also, uh, if you're looking to get tickets for the fight this weekend or you just want to find out more about knockout promotions, you can look them up on their Facebook at facebook.com backslash K O P R O M O. And also on Instagram, they are at KO Promotions. All one word, KO Promotions. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to jump into this conversation with these two gentlemen. Great time talking with them. But you know what? Before we jump into that, let me just uh, bring this up real quick. Right when I was getting ready to record this intro, some breaking news came out. Um, Me and Kyle will definitely talk about this probably in our next episode. We're going to probably talk about this and we're going to break down money in the bank which is going to take place on june 18th 
Um, we're planning on getting together at Bailey's in Dearborn. So if you, hey, if you're in the Detroit area, you want to come out and watch some wrestling with us, come on out to Dearborn and hit up Bailey's. But like I said, as I was getting ready to record this intro, breaking news, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather is official. That fight is going down August 26th. I thought I'd talk about that for a brief minute, you know, just kind of, you know, go through some of the details that have come out so far. Like I said, the fight is going to happen August 26th in Las Vegas. It's going to take place at the T-Mobile Arena. Um, Showtime will be showing this fight on pay-per-view. Uh, price hasn't been disclosed yet. I'm pretty sure that's in negotiations right now. Um, the fight will take place at 154 pounds, and they will use 10-ounce gloves. Uh, so far, the Westgate uh, Casino has released some odds, and right now, Floyd Mayweather is an $1,100 favorite in this one. So, in order to make $100, you have to bet $1,100. And Conor McGregor is a plus 700 underdog. So, if you if, say by some odd chance Conor McGregor wins, for every $100 you bet, you get $700 on top of that. So, oops, I did not mean to hit the mic. But, yeah, that is, um, those are the odds that I've seen so far. Um, I, honestly, I didn't think this fight was going to happen, man. I, I, <laughs> and and let, me, let me take that back. I didn't think it was going to happen at first, but the fight has been hyped up so much that it, it, it's almost like it has to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it, it was just like too much money on the table for this fight for it not to happen so it, it is official now you know it's no longer speculation like i said august 26 and let me let me just say this man uh, there's a lot of money to be made during this fight you know floyd and uh manny made 200 no i'm sorry it was over 800 made in that fight and i think floyd walked away with about 250 of that so, it, it was too much money on the table for this fight not to happen. So, like I said, me and Kyle will definitely jump into this a little bit more on our next episode. We'll, you know, share our thoughts. We'll jump into, you know, more of the, <laughs> I guess you would say, the tell of the tape and uh, <laughs> break down the the fight and, and the chances that Conor McGregor has to win this fight. But real quick, something I looked up for you guys just to show you how <laughs> how much of an impact that this fight has made already. I, I'm a big fan of Hotels.com. I, I use their website to book hotels whenever I travel. And I just happened to look on there the week before and the week after this fight. So, a two-night stay, Friday to, Saturday, Friday to Sunday, excuse me, Friday to Sunday at the MGM Grand uh, Casino and Hotel. The week before, which is August 17th to the 20th, $132 a night. The week after, which is uh, September 8th to September 10th, is $158 a night. <laughs> a hotel stay at the MGM Grand Casino and Hotel. That fight weekend is $332 a night. So, a $200 <laughs> a boost in the price from the week before. Yeah, let's just say, like I said, there's a lot of money to be made for this fight. So, I'm not surprised that it happened. It's just, 
I don't. Well, well, we'll go into that a little bit later on the next episode. So look forward to that, people. So let me go ahead and quit uh, yammering. Let's go ahead and, and jump into this conversation with Moa Maneeb. Once again, thank you, Moa Maneeb, for joining us on the show. I, I enjoyed this conversation. I'm pretty sure that you guys will, too. And make sure you follow the show. You can follow the All Stake No Sizzle show on Twitter at Devin the 63 that's D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E-6-3. And also, while you're on Twitter, follow the Knockouts and Three Counts show at KO3CPod. KO3CPod. That's on Twitter. You can also follow both on Facebook. Just type in Knockouts and Three Counts in your search bar. It'll pop right up. And also type in All Stake No Sizzle in your search bar. It'll pop right up. Follow those pages, people. And you can hit me personally up on Instagram at all stake no sizzle. That's all one word. And there's going to be an Instagram page coming soon for the Knockouts and Three Cows podcast. If you want to send us emails, you can do so by going to asnspodcast at gmail.com. That's asnspodcast at gmail.com. And also, you can hit up the Knockouts and Three Cows page. Excuse me, not page, the email at ko. 3c pod at gmail.com that's ko3cpod at gmail.com so with all that being said all that jibba jabba let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Moa Manee representing Michigan top team brand new episode of god what's the name of the show knockouts and three counts okay i get that wrong every single time so it's knockouts and three accounts we're here with a brand new episode and we have two very special guests and since kyle is the one who knows these guys i think it's only fair that he does the introduction for them so kyle why don't you go ahead and take it away sir we got mo shatry and maniv Alsami. uh they're getting ready to fight for kop here next weekend uh june the 17th um you know Maneeb's getting a rematch against Dakota Esch, uh, trying to get his title back. Moe's got, um, how's his, what's his, the kid's last name again? Cross. Cross. Yeah, yeah, Kenneth Cross. Kenneth Cross. Now, you know, Maneeb, you haven't fought Dakota before. Like, you know, do you feel like going into this fight, you learned anything from the last one that's going to, you know, better prepare you? Anything you didn't expect from the last fight? You know, anything that surprised <laughs> you from it? Yeah, um, one thing that surprised me in that fight was, uh, how how much she was able to take. Um, I got used to knocking people out really quick into the fight, so I just needed to make sure that I'm ready to go for five rounds this time and not just feel like uh, like I'm going to knock people out immediately because sometimes guys can take it. Like you saw when Nate Diaz fought Connor, he was able to wear the punches and Connor came back, made some adjustments and beat him. I feel like it's a similar type of fight. Um, I'm going to make those adjustments. I'm going to... Uh, Pick my shots a little bit better, take my time, and uh, we're going to get him this time, 100%. He's going to sleep, him and all his redneck friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll stick with you for a second, Maneeb. Um Once again, this fight is going to be taking place June 17th. 17th in Grand Rapids at the Delta Plex. Uh, general, admission, general admission tickets are $25, so we'll go ahead and get your tickets and go ahead and check that out. So this is a title fight. Yep. This is going to be a five-round fight, right? Yes, sir. Okay, five rounds. 
Delta Plex is a pretty nice sized building, man. What what is it like fighting in front of that many people? Have you fought in front of that many people yet? Yeah, well, um, I was fortunate enough where my first fight was at Joe Lewis. So right wow. off right off the rip, I've been fighting for big crowds, and I feel like that's like the new generation of fighters are, are going to be good fighters who are used to fighting in front of uh, a lot of people. And I've fought in Grand Rapids. I think I fought there three times already. This is going to be my fourth fight there. So I'm used to the big crowds. I'm not too worried. I fought twice at Joe Lewis. So it's going to be all right. But it is, it is a really cool feeling coming out in front of that many people. The energy in the Delta Plex is different than any uh, arena I fought in. That's for sure. Wait, is, uh, they, they talk about that adrenaline dump once you, you know, come through that curtain and you hear the people, you hear that music going, you get your adrenaline's pumping and the fight starts and, you know, you're a little bit pumped up and after a little bit, you know, they say you get that adrenaline dump and you start getting tired. Is that a real thing? or And if it is, how do you fight against that? Oh, absolutely. It is a real thing, but I feel like uh, for me, I'm not, I can't really speak for other fighters. I feel like the adrenaline dump thing uh, plays more into you when you're first starting out. Like I felt like that was a big deal when I was fighting Muay Thai. When I was just first starting out and coming out, I'd have big adrenaline dumps, throw up after fights, you know. But it could still happen if you get your emotions too high, you'll feel like adrenaline dump. But sometimes we got to realize that we do this every day and uh, treat it like uh, like work, and it's no adrenaline dump usually. And you mentioned that you fought Muay Thai. I know you had uh, several fights before you came to MMA. What made you make the switch um, from Muay Thai to MMA? Just... Uh, where the sports are at, like in America, people don't really pay attention to Muay Thai that much. And I always liked MMA more because I felt like it's a, it's a well full-on rounded. fight, you know. Like, and that's what I want to do is full-on fight somebody. So that's why I switched to MMA, just what I'm more passionate about. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, Mo, um, you know, what do you know? Tell me about your opponent, man. What Do you have any game plan coming? Kenneth Cross, like you got anything you know, anything that you're looking out for, anything specific you want to, you know, try to implement? Uh, well, I, I go into every single fight, you know, thinking the same way. Um, it doesn't matter if they're strikers or wrestler. Usually after, you know, I, I have somebody once or twice, they always turn to wrestlers. Um, my striking is my uh, my strong suit, and I've always been able to be, uh, to be able to be dominant in that situation. So um, I think he's going to commit to wrestling and I, I another reason I believe he's gonna do so is because I did fight one of his teammates and um and that's all he did was wrestle, wrestle and press me on the cage uh for three straight rounds. So I think they're gonna come out with the same game plan. I think it's gonna be a big mistake for him. Um he's he's athletic. He's not a great striker. His jiu jitsu uh sucks. Uh his wrestling's okay. So I don't I don't think there's really anything he, he's gonna have for me. So uh, before we uh, came to do this interview, me and Kyle were talking, and uh, basically he was telling me the guys here at MTT, Michigan Top Team, talk a lot of shit, man. And <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, it's somewhat true. We do talk a lot of shit, but the beautiful thing about this sport is we have to go in there and back it up, and we do. You know, we got guys um, that are – on the verge of, you know, breaking into the big show. We have guys that have been in the big show. Right. Uh, whether it's UFC, Bellator, we have guys in, you know, Darren is out in Risen right now. So we'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, we'll talk some shit on the way, but we're going to come out and fight, you know, no matter no matter what, what it takes, man. We're, we're going to talk our shit, but we're going to come out and scrap at the end of the day. Right. And, and the reason why I brought that up is because, well, for the most part, UFC is the big, big dog in this business right now. And if you look at who are kind of like the top guys at UFC, 
Conor McGregor comes to mind. And basically, he's a shit talker. Honestly, I, in my opinion, I felt like I feel like he's a great fighter, but I felt like he got some some big fights before he really proved that he deserved them. And the main reason why he got those was because he was a big shit talker and he got people interested in it. So I'm gonna ask both of you guys, like, how important is you know talking that shit before a fight and getting people interested in the fight? How important is that to you guys? Well, this is uh, it's not just about fighting. This is entertainment. You know, this is what people like to see. Um, but, you know, no offense, but the the pound for pound king right now is Demetrius Johnson. But right. he's quiet, and you know he he wins fights, whether it's submissions, knockouts, decisions, whatever. But nobody's that interested just because you know he's quiet and he keeps himself. And exactly. you know, being being humble is not a bad thing. But sometimes you got to open your mouth and you got to make it interesting. And um, you know, I I've been I've been talking shit uh for a while now, ever since I think I started my pro career and. It's fun. It's interesting. My, you know, my people love it. Uh, fans love it. I'm, I'm building fans every single fight, win or lose, man. I'm building fans every single fight. One, it's the way I fight and how I fight, and you know, because I'm entertaining, because people want to see knockouts, and that's what I go for. And two is because I got a big mouth and I run it. Hey, um, I think Connor deserves what he's got. He's a really good fighter, so I'm not gonna take nothing away from that guy. But definitely, he uh, re. He brought he brought the game back of talking shit for sure. But like guys here at MTT, we can all talk some shit. We all talk shit to each other. So everybody's been talking shit to me since I was like 14 years old, training with these guys. So I mean, I built it up. Now I come back at people. And thing is about talking shit, it's not. Sometimes I really do mean that stuff. Like I really do <laughs> do feel that stuff. And and it like kills me at night when I can't say it, so I just say it and it makes me feel better. Fuck these guys, bro. <laughs> That's all I got to say. You know, and having fought a couple times myself, man, you know, I mean, it, the mental game of it, in my opinion, is just as much as anything you're going to do in the cage because you can see it a lot of times when you see these buildups to these fights. Like you mentioned Connor. Uh, you know, a lot of times, Connor, you know, you'll see him just go in on these dudes leading up to these fights, and you can just see it mentally break them. You know, yeah, yep. I, I totally believe that Aldo was so pissed about wanting to knock him out. He w- it, it had him so tensed up. He wasn't fighting his regular game. Um, leading into your guys' fights, man, like, uh, you know, you both, have, you both have talked about how you like getting into your opponent's head, but, like, how much for you guys would you say that you think the mental, the mental aspect of it, you know, when you're in there? I know for me, you know, I've had guys that I fought before where, like, I just I was mad as shit before I wanted to fight him, and it fucked with me too because I I wasn't you know as loose as need be, uh you know leading up to your fights with both of your opponents. I mean, Maniv, you're fighting a rematch, um you know, do you feel like you're already in Dakota's head, or is that something that you're going to try to implement leading up to it, whether it be weigh-ins or however however it plays out? Uh, I think Dakota's a little too dumb for me to get into his head. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dumb enough. Shots fired. I'm not dumb enough to get into his head, but I feel like uh, I don't know. I, talking talking stuff for me is just just me uh, in, hyping the fight, trying to sell it. Um, people know me, man. A lot of people know me. For an amateur fighter, I feel like I got a lot of recognition. You in the definitely state. got hype for sure. Yeah, I got a lot of recognition in the state, and I got a ton of respect. But that talking stuff, I mean, it's just whatever. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. At the end of the day, uh, what happens in the fight matters. He beat me last time, so I got to come out here and prove that uh, 
I'm a better fighter, and I'm gonna plan on doing that. Now I I know I know you had mentioned before the last time you get, you guys were supposed to fight, you were gonna go pro after that fight if you won, correct? Yeah. So now is the game plan if you win this next fight? Are you is your plan to go pro? Are you gonna try to take another amateur fight? You know what's do you have any thoughts on that going in? Have you talked to Darren about it at all? Well, right now I'm just uh, gonna focus on this fight Saturday. Exactly. Uh, beat this guy, and then me and Darren will sit down again and talk about what's next and in my uh, future, but there's definitely a bunch of guys I want to fight. I'll actually call them out right now. I want to fight Justin Street. I want to fight Tyler Resterhouse, Dustin Roller, and Dan Barry. I want to fight all you guys before the end of the year. I like it. And I like uh, Shane Monahan. That kid can get it tonight. Fucking <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Call all those guys out. All right, well, well let me ask you a different question, man. Uh, uh, you guys kind of talked about talking shit amongst yourselves, man. How – Whenever you're a part of a team, you know, you got you guys work together. But at the same time, you guys are, you know, going up against each other. You got to go hard against each other for you guys to get better. Like they say, iron sharpens iron. So how tough is the competition amongst you, you guys here at MTT? Uh, if you ever come here on a Tuesday night and watch and you don't know us personally, you probably think that uh, we all have, you know, you know, bad intentions with each other uh tuesday night is our sparring night and right. it's one of our toughest nights and uh we do we're on the mats beating the shit out of each other but right after that we're out getting dinner man joking around laughing making fun of each other <laughs> you know it's we're, it's brotherly love man we, like you said iron sharpens iron we don't you know <clears throat> if we excuse me if we slack in the gym and you know we don't go as hard as we should be going during training then it's going to give somebody false confidence. One of our teammates false confidence when you go in the cage, you actually get hit hard. You're you're not going to know what to do from there. You're going right. to you know, you're going to break down mentally. So, we um we avoid that by actually training hard and you know, it's not always, but every now and then if uh, somebody's slack and you you know, you got to give him you got to give him a nice right hand just to let him know that hey, you know, keep your hands up, keep moving. We don't care if you're tired. Um, you know, and and we help each other, man. You know, we talk a lot. We're, we're not just friends at the gym like these are these are my people these are the guys i hang out with on a saturday night on a friday night there i don't have any other friends but the guys i train with or the guys i've met through um mma you know this is my family and this is who i hang out with all the time and i make sure that they're 100 percent ready uh when they're ready to go to war right yeah i was talking to kyle you know doing prep for the show and uh kyle told me you kind of kick like a government mule man so <laughs> so Mani, let me ask you. Yeah. You you sparred with Mo before, right? Oh yeah. So when he lays that kick in there, man, and you know it might it might sting a little bit. You might be sitting there like, well, damn, man, we're just supposed to be just sparring, man. Like, does it? You ever get like pissed off, man, and you know want to want to come back at him, or how how does that play out? Uh, well, me and Mo, we don't really spar all that all that often. There's uh, he, he's a little bit heavier than me, but right. definitely or just just in, in general, anybody kicks you like for it. sure. Yeah. But yeah, we we got we all definitely kick really hard here. We're a bunch of uh, tough tough guys in here, and there's no easy goes in this gym. It's not one of those gyms where you can walk in and be like, oh, I'm gonna pick out these three guys and go easy with them because these guys are are weak. There's nobody here that you can do that with. You walk in here, you will have guys coming in from all over to spar with us from Canada, from upstate, you know, Ohio, wherever, you know. So we got to be on our A game at all times. We're all. Any any day here, you could be the best guy in the gym. You can get your butt handed to you. You feel me? 
So that's how it is here. You know, and you guys have mentioned, you know, like I said, I've known Darren since I was probably 16. You know, how how does having a guy like him who's been to the big show, but predominantly most of Darren's fights, Darren's predominantly known as a striker, even though he has a wrestling background. How does having somebody that's a dynamic striker like that help you guys in your game, add other wrinkles, you know, get you, you know, prepared for, you know, bigger shows? And the question goes to both of you guys. Like, how do you feel having a guy like Darren or, you know, that's been there, you know, how does that help you guys leading into your fights? And how has that um, affected your striking style at all? Because you said maybe you were just straight uh, Muay Thai, Mo, or I don't know if you're straight kickboxing or more Muay Thai base. But, I mean, how has training with Darren, you know, affected, you know, your striking style? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, well, Darren, for one, is I think he's probably the best striker in MMA. Um, for me, my style was definitely just pure Muay Thai at first, but learning through Darren's Crookshank system and uh, all the things he's taught me, I've implemented and used in fights. And um, we're continuing to grow through that style, so it's going to be good. Definitely, uh, me and Mo came from the same gym from our past, so we definitely all changed and grown as fighters. Um, he's, he's definitely helped correct a lot of things. Like when he said, we came from a different gym, um, as amateurs and we did learn a, uh, a few good things, but, uh, we had a lot of bad habits coming in. So having a guy like Darren, that's been, uh, through the big shows, uh, having that experience, you know, has shown us that, uh, the good and the bad, you know, some stuff that I thought, you know, might be good for me. He showed me why it can be a bad thing because MMA is different. You know, you, you could be a good kicker or a good puncher, but if you get taken down, that's all, you know, out the window. Right. You know what I mean? You could be a good jiu-jitsu guy. You get punched in the face one time, yep. you know, you turn a white belt really quick. So he's just showed us how to adapt to stuff uh, very well. So I, I think it's helped a lot, you know, having that experience. Another another person is Jason Fisher. Uh, yes, fighting, I've known Fisher a long time too, man. Yeah, fighting in Bellator, he's, um, you know, he's also been, you know, arguably the second best biggest show in uh in the world uh he's are also showed us a few things that you know that we that we need to implement in our game that we probably have never would have never figured out ourselves not being you know up to the big shows and having that experience that they both have uh, can i add one thing to that hey go ahead, go ahead. Uh, like darren and, and fisher are like two guys before i started uh uh, training here and when I first came in I was like taught like oh never throw a spin kick never throw anything that can get you in trouble you know play it safe these are th these are guys who are telling me to be creative do whatever I feel like doing throw it all out there because anything you throw that's dynamic and that changes it up can only uh, benefit you so I've added so many things to my game like spinning kicks spinning elbows you name it jumping flying we can do it here so uh, that's one thing I wanted to add and, uh, you know, side note, being a guy that's, that's watched quite a few of Darren's fights, you know, it's nice getting that $50,000 bonus for, you know, spin kicking somebody in the head, too. So, oh, yeah. you're not getting somebody over to spin kick and getting that money. It's, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a definitely an awesome thing. Yeah, But uh, let's, let's stick with uh, talking about Darren for a second. So, you talked about how he's helped you guys as far as, you know, your games as actually fighting. How much of an inspiration is having a guy like a Fisher and a Darren Crochet who's been to the big show? They, they're coming from a, you know, a point of, I've been there and done that. How much does that inspire you guys to you know, want to get there and, and follow in his footsteps? 
So it's nice having those those two guys on the same roof for me because uh you know just seeing that a local guy uh from you know Darren from Angster and Jason from you know Farmington Hills Michigan you know right. people out of out of outside of Michigan have probably never heard of those two cities you know having those guys on the big show it just gives you um it just gives you hope seeing like you know that that one day you know that could be me right. you know I'm I'm out of Detroit Michigan currently in Redford that could be me one day in the big show following in their footsteps so it's it's nice to see that no matter no matter where you come from how small the city uh, you come from and what your background is you, you know you, you still have a chance so it's it's nice seeing that those guys have made it and are still doing it and um I'm actually training under them you know getting ready to do the same thing they did all right, but so before Darren and, and Fisher were, you know, in the big show, did you have anybody locally that you could really look to, or were, were they kind of like the the first ones to really put their names out there as far as local guys? In in your opinion, in my opinion, no, they were the first local guys in the MMA scene that I I witnessed, you know, actually do it. Uh, before that, I was a huge Chuck Liddell fan. Uh, you know, I grew up watching Chuck Liddell, so you know, I remember watching Chuck Liddell at three o'clock in the morning in middle school. And um, when it was on paid programming, and my dad uh, catching me and whipping my ass, <laughs> sending <laughs> sending me back to bed because you know I wasn't supposed to be up, and I'm up at three o'clock in the morning on a school night watching fist fighting on TV. So right. they're the first local guys that I've actually looked up to, and um, and now you know now I train under, so it's you know it's it's actually a good feeling. When he was saying thing, like, what is it like seeing a guy like Darren Crochet and Fisher, you know, make it? And uh, before them, were there any inspirations locally that you had that you can think of? Well, uh, at first it was like, it was like, I actually guys like Mo and, and Oz, when I first came into um, my first MMA gym, you know, I was like, I was doing Taekwondo when I was a kid, but I came in, I saw those guys doing it. I was like, I want to do that too. But yeah, once I, once I saw Darren on, uh, the ultimate fighter and a bunch of guys locally i just figured like that's where uh, i should be training so i got with them that's definitely a big deal but now there's also other guys coming up too who are uh also inspiring to young guys like me like like for example bobby nash and jared brooks just going to the big show yes, teammates of mine like cody stamen who should be in the big show fisher as well so that's always a, a good thing now let me ask you this you mentioned bobby nash who's actually one of my teammates um how how do both of you guys now that you're starting to see this resurgence, I guess, or like this rise of Michigan MMA as a whole? Like you know, you see, like you said, you got Jared, you got Bobby, Miles has been out on the scene for a minute. You know, Darren's been in UFC and Rising. You know, where you know, like when you guys go to these fights that are out of states and, and things like that. You know, like have you guys heard any more buzz now as far as Michigan as a whole? Because it used to be, man, you didn't hear anybody saying anything about Michigan. It was like nobody thought Michigan had anything. But now, I mean, like you just named, I mean, you've got Darren's already been there. Miles is there. Bobby's there. You know, Fisher's on his way up. Cody's next up. Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee too. You yeah. know. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of guys that are coming out from Michigan. So I just wonder, like, you know, when we go to the – you guys go to these fights, you know, out of state and, like – even just online, man, like I just I, I personally have seen a bigger buzz, but I just wonder from you guys being on the inside too, like what uh what resurgence have you seen of like the Michigan MMA scene as a whole? I think uh I think Michigan MMA is actually a hotbed because I've been to other states, Mo Mo's been to other states with me, like Indiana for example, is only a couple states away and like 
man, they, they do not know what time it is when it comes to fighting. Like, it is bad. Like, it is like medieval times of MMA over there, you know? So, Michigan MMA is on the rise. Like, right now, I think in a few years, we'll probably be able to compete with, like, uh, pound for pound with guys from California and all that. Like, with the amount of fighters that will go to bigger shows, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're the we're the gangsters of MMA, really. You know, if if you're coming, if you're anywhere from Michigan, you know, I don't care if it's the west side, uh, north, you know, down over here on the Detroit side, uh, we're the gangsters of MMA, man. You see, you see like the Mike Perrys and the Kevin Lees and the right. Bobby Nashes, like you know what I mean. Like we have a certain swagger to us, and um, and I think it stands out. And then and on top of all that, you know, we can kick ass too. So. I think it's I think it's great, especially seeing those guys coming up. You know, it's 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 real good for Michigan MMA. It's looking really good for us out here. Well, just to even comment off that, like uh, like I said, I mean, I've known Darren and Miles both since I was a young kid, and like you know, I think the one thing that you hit on that I definitely would agree with is I think because Michigan doesn't have that like name as like a California or a Vegas or New Mexico or wherever you want to go, like. I feel like the guys that are coming out of here now that we're finally starting to get a little bit of recognition, you just see these dudes are ready to go. Like now that they're on that stage, man, it's like everybody here is hungry. And now the more of you guys that are coming up, the more of you guys that are hitting that stage, it just seems like, man, it's just, it's just even growing the scene more and more because everybody's like, okay, dude, it, we can make it out of here, you know? Cause like, I train under Big Don Richard and all them, and he's fought some of the big names too. He's fought Ben Rothwell. He's fought, you know, uh, Dan Severn and all these guys. But now that you see all these dudes that are coming out, man, like it's cool to see it because I think, like you said, Mo, um, just the hunger that's coming out of here because a lot of those places, like you see a California, you've got all those big name gyms or even a Florida now. When you've got all these big name gyms, it's easy for these guys to be like, oh, we'll almost get this idea like it's easy you know, easy to make it out. But when you see the grind and the struggle, like that, I know Darren went through that. I know miles went through that Bobby went through, like, you know, like to see all these guys coming up, Cody too, you know, Cody and uh, Fisher still being on the regional scene, man. I think that's, I think that's the one thing that makes a big difference here as opposed to the other States, because everybody knows about them here. Everybody's kind of still on that, uh, on that cusp. And the question I have for you, Mo, we talked about, uh, Maneev's opponent Dakota you know heading into this fight with Kenneth Cross man you know like do you is uh did you guys have any prior interaction to the fight like is there any beef leading up to it like you know I don't I because I've only seen maybe one one of his fights so I just wonder like where's your mindset as far as you know him as a whole like so I'm I'm taking this fight like I take every other fight. You know I'm going in there for one thing and one thing only, and that's to fuck this kid up. You know I don't there there's you know it's it's that simple for me. Anybody if you're in my way, you know you're gonna get it. I don't care if you're from Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, wherever the fuck you're from. If you're in my way to you know to reach my goals, that you know you're you're a stepping stone. That's it. You're just another win on my record, and that's how I treat every single fight. Um, we, I've been, I've been beefing up this fight for about a year and a half now. You know what I mean? He, he said he wasn't ready a year and a half ago cause he was just coming on the pro scene. I think he was like two and oh, and I think I was like three and one at the time or something like that or two and one. And, um, and I've been, I've been trying, I've been pushing for this fight. You know, this, this kid's ran for long enough and you know, now it's my turn. So, you know, on June 17 at KOP 56, 
you know, Matt Friendo and Josh Medley dug his grave, and I'm just there to bury him. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, well, Mo, let's stick with that for a second, man. You have fight this, sa- this Saturday against uh, Kenneth Cross, the fight that you've wanted for a long time. We're going to knock this guy out, and we're going to move on from there. What's your plan after that fight? Are you going to stay in uh, KOP? Are you going to fight for their, their belt? Are you looking at other belts? Or looking to move up to that big show if, if the opportunity presents itself? I'm all about opportunities. So, you know, whoever whoever has somebody that, that you know, that's a hometown kid or that needs his ass kicked, you know, you give me a call. That's that's what I'm here for. You know, I, I like to fight. Ever since I was an amateur, man, I fought, you know, I fought as an amateur. I fought from Jerome Mahler, Josh Wiesel, Mo William, Devin Brown, you name it. Like these these are all guys that would, you know, give give Ken a run for his money. You know what I mean? So I've been fighting tough guys from the start, you know, since I came on the scene. You know, my second amateur fight was against Vince Murdoch. You know what I mean? It's not an easy fight out at the Palace. You know, for Donna Freo's show, like I've never taken easy fights. You know what I mean? I take them as they come. Um, after this, uh, I don't like to look past anybody, but right. after this fight, I don't know. I, I'd like to. I'd like to go out of state or out of the country. Uh, probably. You know, I heard Canada's a little dry right now, so maybe I don't know Europe, Japan, China, something. Whoever has got somebody that you know that needs their ass kicked, I'm your guy. Well, can, can I fantasy book a fight for a second? Okay, what what weight division do you fight in? I fight at lightweight right now. Like, so you ever fight at one seventy? I've as a pro, I fought from forty five to eighty five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know Kyle's not gonna like me saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Fuck it. So, December. The rumor is the rumor is December second. There's gonna be a fight here in the city of Detroit. And there's a gentleman out there who fights at 170 who has a pretty big name, not necessarily the most experienced fighter, not necessarily that good. If I could get you to fight CM Punk in the city of Detroit. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. I would would beat the shit out of CM Punk. That would not be – the UFC would make a huge mistake, a huge mistake – any weight class, I'll fight him at two hundred five heavyweight wherever he wants to go. That, he, that is that is he he has no business in MMA, and I would whoop his ass, plain and simple. <laughs> He's a put. I thought I thought you were I thought you were leaning a little bit towards Sage Northcutt, and I was like, you know what? If they need somebody for Sage Northcutt, you can get it too, pretty boy. It does not matter. If for the for the big show for the big show I will literally fight anybody I'll fight their belt holder doesn't matter okay for the big show you you name it and I I'm there it's that simple hey well um go ahead and tweet this out to Mr CM Punk see if we can make that happen man <laughs> <laughs> hey. don't do not want this business <laughs> hey all I ask is they get a small uh, finder's fee for booking that fight now joke CM Dork over here. <laughs> Well, well, let's let's talk about that for just just a little second. Like CM Punk is a guy, you know, he wrestled well, professional wrestling. He comes over to MMA. I was actually at that fight in Cleveland, and I mean, let's just call it what it was. He he was outclassed. How do you feel about him being in the UFC? And do you think he he should or and do you think he will get another UFC fight? Um, I think he's eventually gonna get another UFC fight. Uh, I would love to see it against uh Muhammad Al Shatri in Detroit. That would be great, <laughs> and I'm sure he'd be up for it. 
Um, but he he's not ready, man. It's different. It's a, you know, there's different levels. Brock Lesnar came over and did it because Brock Lesnar is an athlete. He um actually uh played well, he played football in college, and I think he's wrestled before. Yeah, like national champion wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So he he actually has some background. He's a big guy. He hits hard. He's athletic. CM Punk is a punk. That's all it is. You know, it's that simple. So, it, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I think it's good business move for the UFC. You know, to bring in the, the wrestling fans. Into into the UFC, so yeah, but I I definitely enjoyed seeing him get his ass kicked. Oh man, I think I think CM Punk is dumb, man. I I just the way the way I like, you know, when you have a buddy who'll be like, man, you put me in the cage, I'll I'll be anyone's ass. I think he's that guy right there who's just like, yo, get me in the ring, I'll fuck anybody up because I'm too tough, you know. Like, no man, you need to chill. Like, you just can't jump into into a fight. I can't even jump straight into UFC, and I've been fighting since I was a kid. Why does this guy think he can jump off his couch and get in the UFC, fighting in his underwear and shit? Like, <laughs> come on, man. See, and that's what we were, like he said, we were talking about this beforehand, and you mentioned, you know, Lesnar coming in off a wrestling background. I was there the night he fought Couture for the title. You know, I knew coming into it, you know, a lot of people are just thinking, oh, he's some WWE guy, but everybody I don't think realized that he had that wrestling background. Now, the only thing when it comes to a CM Punk, obviously the guy sells tickets. That's why they put him on there. But for me, being somebody that's been around and been around you guys and been around, you know, the scene for a while, you know, although I've been a huge wrestling fan most of my life, but you look at it this way, man, I look at it as I knew coming into it when they said that it was going to be Mickey Gall and you look at any of the stuff that was coming into it. I knew it was going to be a bad matchup because then the other thing is you got to look at it uh, this way. This is another thing that I saw coming into it. So say they do give CM Punk another fight. First of all, who do you have him fight? Second of all, I, I agree. I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see that happen. But I'm saying just as a hypothetical, man, like, you know, having, first of all, say if you're Dana White or whoever they got as the matchmaker now, you know, who do you have him fight? And then the other thing is, Say he goes in there and has a repeat of what happened the last time and it ends in 30 seconds or whatever, you know, then they're taking the risk of, you know, you're doing that and it makes them look bad because you're trying to, you know, put all this hype to him. And then the guy goes in and gets smoked. I mean, granted, he's training with a good training camp, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you've got a guy who, okay, he's training. But training and fighting are just two totally different animals. So, and especially the level that that he's fighting on. Because if you watch, Mickey Gall fought what two twice since then, and he's won. Elite, yeah, he beat Sage, and he fought another time. Did he? He won that fight or lost his second? I, th fight? I think he just fought Sage. I don't know yeah. if he fought anyone else. Since yeah, then. but he's fought since then, you know. And I mean, he's proven that he can win at that level. Right. So I just feel like now that's the thing when you got these hungry guys that are coming up, man. Like although it's a good business move, I don't know. I mean, you just put him in there, man. You'd if they are going to give him another fight, they'd have to be real selective with who they pick because then if it doesn't go well. I'd love to see it against one of these guys because Bro, at least that way that would not be good for him. Like I I say that because you know and, and that's seeing that Mickey Gall's nice man. Like I don't know what he was doing taking him down. If I was him, I would have beat the piss out of him. Like straight hit him in his body. Just let him know what it, what time it is. Make him shit his pants on national TV. Like, <laughs> chase that boy across the ring. Like what are you doing taking him down, choking him out? He's too nice. I'm telling you, you give him a guy like Mo. He'll get his head busted open. Well, I think with Mickey Gall, is more of like a business move. Like, why even play around with this guy? Just go ahead and get him out of there real quick and right. go collect my check. Man, he's too nice. 
But I'm just I'm just saying, Mo. I th- I think Mickey Gall he he laid down the blueprint, man. I think it'd be big for Michigan MMA. I just, I'm just saying, hypothetically, if you can get that fight, man. I, then- I'm not. Hey, I'm not against it. I am not against it. I am a hundred percent down right now. I'll sign the contract tonight for that fight. You know, CM Door can get it anytime. <laughs> but the thing is, with that, everyone everyone in this world wants to fight CM Punk. So right. Easy money, right? Exactly, but but before that fight, they can keep the money. Just give me the opportunity. <laughs> really, I'll I'll do Sage. I'll do Sage North Cut too. Just give me the opportunity, man. You, I just need that. I just need that one shot. You know what I mean? I'm exciting. I come out to fight. If you've watched me fight before, I am exciting. Win or lose, I'm trying to take your head off your damn shoulders. Like that's that's what I do. If you want somebody that's you know that's looking to to just go out there and leave it all out there and just try to kill somebody, that's me. I'm trying to throw people out of the cage and shit. I don't. Well, hey, everybody, you can watch him fight this Saturday. Knockout promotions in Grand Rapids at the Delta Plex. Like I said, the tickets are $25 in advance. The doors open at 6, and the show starts at 7. So I, w- I want to ask kind of some personal questions. Not too personal. If you don't want to answer it, feel free to. You, you know, can ask me anything. <laughs> okay. Both of you guys are Muslim, right? Sure. Yes. Okay. We're, right now you're, you're going through Ramadan right now, right? Sure. How hard is it training for a fight? And you know, dealing with fasting at the same time. Well, me personally, um, you know, I I think I last time I fasted was during one of my amateur fights, and I actually was fasting on even fight day, and I broke my fast 15 minutes before I had to fight, and it was probably the worst uh, mistake I ever made. I, you know, I got hospitalized for it. I was puking, and I got really sick after the fight. Thankfully, the fight went my way, but. Um, I just got really sick and, you know, it just, it was not good for me. So, um, I'm actually not fasting right now because I'm getting ready for this fight and I, I, you know, I haven't fasted in a long time. So, um, <laughs> no fasting for me. I'm, I'm over here drinking my water. I just finished eating a second ago before we started this, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, especially with cutting weight and stuff. I, you know, I, I cut a lot of weight for every fight and right. you know, it's, it's just not beneficial doesn't it doesn't help me i can't i can't fast and cut weight at the same time it's actually hard because we get to eat at night right so you eat before you go to bed you you know your body holds on because you don't you haven't eaten since sunrise to sunset so it doesn't work out well with cutting weight either for me um i too am not fasting i feel like uh well first of all i booked this fight before i even knew that it would fall on ramadan so and the type of guy I am, if I commit to something, I will not break it. And so this fight, fighting means everything to me, and that's who I am as a person. So I have to go through with this fight and do my thing. After that, I'll go I'll go into my fasting and get to enjoy Ramadan. It's more than just fasting. People see it as right. just fasting, but it, the time you get to spend with your family and just in the community of Dearborn, where I'm from, it's just amazing. It's just a beautiful thing. So after my fight, I definitely look forward to enjoying some time with friends and family and uh, having a good time. Yeah, and the reason why I asked that is because, you know, like you said, you guys are cutting weight right now. You, you're you training. You got to keep your energy up, and, you know, you got to watch your weight at the same time. And, you know, Ramadan I mean, kind of throws off your, your whole schedule. So I can only imagine that it had to be pretty tough doing that. But how is the weight cut going for you guys so far? We'll start start with you, Manit. Well, uh, weight cut's good. Uh it's always it's always a bit tough for me uh, trying to get down to 125 because I I do it so often and I like to fight all the time. I probably like to get some fights at 35 after this, um, but there's just not that many 35ers is what it is. So 
25 is probably like I called out like five guys earlier. <laughs> so I want to beat all those guys up before the end of the year so I can fight some uh, tougher competition. Um, but yeah, that's my goal. Uh, hopefully get some 35 fights after this. Weight cut's good. Uh, wake up for me is always the same. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bigger. Uh, so fine at 45 and 55, it's, it's always, you know, it's always the same bullshit for me. So, uh, it's actually, everything's on point right now. My fight was at 55, uh, last weekend they called me and they said, Ken Cross can't make 55. Is it okay if we do 160 catch weight? I said, Hey, you know, the ass whooping's coming regardless. You can't, you can't get away from it that easy, you know? So this fight is at 160 catch weight. My, my weight's where it needs to be at. I have a few more pounds to go. And um, I'm going to get that off with water weight later on this week, right before the weigh-ins. So we're good. I have a couple questions as that goes. Uh, Manib, you talked about you're looking at 125 and 135, you know, with Cody being around 135, 145, and you eventually wanting to go to pro, you know, how much does that benefit you having somebody that's at the top of that weight class? And, you know, once you do decide to go pro, after you fight the names that you've mentioned, if you decide to go before, you know, is 125 – you know your goal weight you know for when you're when you step up to the pro ranks oh yeah 125 is definitely my goal because that's uh it's more of the size i'm at uh the guys i'm fighting are usually around the same size as me at 125 sometimes i'm a little bit bigger uh 35 is just a little bit too big um but i'm down for it i like it i don't have to cut that much weight i can just diet down to 35 and not have to cut anything so that would be awesome but yeah uh, cody stamen is been one of my best training partners over the years i've been uh like when i first started here that guy used to whoop me and he still does but it's it's getting better and i like i like to keep myself uh i like to keep getting challenged in the gym i don't like uh not being able to go with good guys but there's so many guys here who are just uh really good fighters and it just uh helps me a lot especially at the small small weights like 135 125 we got a lot of good guys coming in here and Mo, I have uh, two questions for you. One, you've said that you fought from 145 up to 185 as a pro. Uh, you know, do you have? How do you feel fighting at like fluctuating weights? Do you have like a like a goal weight that you would like more of your fights to be at heading forward? You know, what what weight do you feel most comfortable at, or if not all of them? So I'm actually I'm undefeated at lightweight at 155. That's my comfortable weight. That's where I can get to healthy. Um, one of my losses was at 145. I felt like the weight cut just really got to me. You know, I walk around at like 185, 186, so I'm cutting down to 145. It's, it's 40 pounds in seven weeks. It's not fun. You know, so it kind of hurt. Uh, I think 55 is where I need to be at and, uh, where I should be at. And that's where I feel my strongest. And that's, that's what I plan on staying on. Uh, unless, you know, I can get my walking weight down to like the low 170s, the high 160s, then maybe I can try 145 again. But Definitely 55 for now. And the other question that goes along with that, like I know you guys can both attest to this, like I've seen a trend in a lot of the fights around Michigan, whether it be amateur, pro, a lot of guys just not making the weights. Um, you know, you mentioned that KOP just called you to do a catch weight at 160. Uh, you know, how does that affect you going into a fight? Does it change anything? Like did they – you know, with them telling you this far out, is it something where they end up giving you part of his purse? Like, is it, or is it the same as like a, a day of weigh-in deal? Like, I don't know. I just have seen that trend at a lot of fights going around, like at King of the Cage or, you know, even KOP, WXC. We see that a lot. And to me, you know, uh, one of the boxing fights that I had, I fought, you know, I was supposed to fight at 125. The guy that I fought 
ended up being 145. And, like, to me, I've always thought, especially at the pro ranks, I mean, when you're not making weight, you know, it's one thing to have that happen a once-in-a-while thing or once, you know, not even a once-in-a-while, but, you know, to have that happen once or twice. But here's another case in point. You know, we mentioned Miles Jury earlier in the podcast, you know, he was coming down from being one of the top 10 ranked guys at 155, and then he's fighting a guy who's supposed to be number seven at 145. And the guy has missed weight so many times they pushed him, you know, up to 155. And when they fought, he missed weight on three separate scales. So um, tell me, you know, your guys' thoughts on just this weird trend that you see more prevalent now as far as, you know, guys not making weight. What are your thoughts on it? Do you find it unprofessional? Like, what are your thoughts on it? So guys, guys are always really worried about cutting a ton of weight. It's not the best thing for you. You know, it's, it's it actually, like I said, I, when my fight at 45, I lost because I felt like my weight cut just drained me. You know what I mean? I, I was exhausted going into the second round, which usually never happens. You know, I'm, I'm usually in pretty good shape. If, if it's not a short notice fight and I got a full training camp, I'm pretty good shape for the fight. Um, but you know, cutting all that weight just, it sucks. I've personally have not once, I think any promoter will tell you, I've never not, not made weight. You know, I'll do whatever it takes to make weight. Uh, guys just, they're unprofessional or they're scared or they're, you know, when a guy doesn't, when a guy can't make weight, I feel like they're just mentally broken already. You know what I mean? If you're not, if you're not, you know, ready, if you had, if you had seven weeks and you still can't make weight, you're mentally broken. You got too much shit going on in your head. That's not, that has nothing to do with fighting. And, you know, and if, if that's your biggest worry is not making weight, then you're going to, you're going to get fucked up on June 17, you know, because you got a lot more to worry about in that case than weight. Right. What about you, Monique? Well, I, for one, have also never missed weight. And I really don't like it when people miss weight because I've been to shows where like 10 guys miss weight, you know, or like even both guys miss weight, which is really ridiculous. Uh, I've had a fight, like when I fought Mike Pentanko, I barely trained. Uh, I, weigh, I was like 152 like the week before, and it was like the worst weight cut ever. It was 25 pounds. Wow. I did it, and so anybody can do it. If, I just know like having that in the back of my head like lets me know that I can cut as much weight as possible, and I'll be all right. It's just because it's all in your head at the end of the day. Well, uh, let's get to know you guys a little bit better. Uh, we'll start with you, Maneeb. Um, outside of fighting, man, what do you do? Do you have a full-time job? Do you have a family, kids, all that good stuff? So outside of fighting, I work at a gas station, and I also work at Title Boxing now. So I'm training people on the side. You know, I like I like training people, teaching martial arts, and that's definitely what I want to go into more. Okay. I want to hopefully leave the gas station behind once I can make more money within my, my career and having just fun teaching people. Uh, and also, like, I'm a family guy. I like going home and seeing my nieces and nephew, like all those all those kids. Those are my my world right there. Well, what about you, man? Uh, well, I have a normal 8-to-5 job. I work in finance. I work for uh, Raymond James Financial. And, um, you know, I, me and my fiancé, and we have two dogs at home. Um I'm getting ready to get married in about a year, a little less than a year from now. Congratulations, man! Thank you, thank you. And um, yeah, she she puts up with me when I'm fighting because I am I'm not a I'm not a nice person as it is. And then when I'm kind weight, I'm even worse. So she puts up with me. Um, you know, uh, just like I said, I work in finance. I come train, and um, I just I like I'm a homebody, man. I don't like to go out and party too much. So <laughs> on the weekends, on Friday night, you can catch me at home watching um, Netflix. Chillin'. 
Man, so so is the goal to uh, basically put that finance job aside and make uh, fighting your full time job or? Ideally, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. You know, this is just all. You know, I feel like finance is what's temporary and. You know, it's nice to have that knowledge. You know, I've done a lot of different jobs in, you know, finance. I definitely um, uh, exceed in. So it's definitely nice to have that knowledge. But I, yeah, ideally, I want to put all that behind me and just train and fight full time and train people. That's what I want to do. You know, and uh, same. this question goes to you both, too. Uh, you know, God willing, you guys both have long careers. But, um, you know, you hear it all the time. It's not about the money you earn. It's the money you save. You know, do you guys, uh, you know, as you're coming up through the ranks, you know, Maneev, you're not up to pro yet, but Mo, I guess maybe more for you. And even Maneev, I know it's got to be something that's got to be on your mind too. Uh, you know, do you guys have any any plans as far as, like, investment type stuff, anything that you want to look into so that you have, like, a, a backup plan, uh, you know, for when you finish fighting? You know, I know Miles uh, has, like, you know, he's got a bunch of rental properties, so he's making, you know, he's got his investments, so either way it goes, you know, I think that having, you know, having those investments and things like that, uh, you know, it also takes some of the burden off you guys, too, because you know, even, you know, say if a fight doesn't go your way, you still know you've got that income coming in. Um, has, is this something that either of you guys have really taken too much into consideration since you're still both, you know, young into your, your career, pro career? You know, Maneev, you're going to be on your way up to pro. I just wonder, you know, is that something you guys have put a whole lot of thought in? Like, Maneev, you said you want to do, uh, you know, you like training people and you're working at title. You know, is that something maybe you want to branch off and do your own thing? Um, you know, is I just wonder, is that something you guys have put too much thought into? Oh, uh, like I said, I work in finance, so yeah, money's my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I work with stocks and bonds and mutual funds every single day, so yeah, it's definitely something I'm interested in. Something I always look into, and um, uh, I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh smart with my money. Even now, you know, working full time, making a little bit of money here and there for fighting, and you know, doing personals and stuff. You know, my fiance is really, really good with money too. She's uh, getting ready to go to dental school here in August. You know, so yeah, saving saving is comes comes easy to us, especially you know not being party animals or anything like that. So yeah, we definitely always look you know to invest into something. Um, I like I like going into businesses. Like I, I'm in not not now, but in like the near future, probably after the wedding, I'm gonna start looking into like like you said, Miles Miles has the houses. I'm looking into like some kind of small businesses, you know, just local stuff, okay, just to keep me you know going even after fighting. Uh, as for me, I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to money. I don't feel like money uh, defines me as a person. I have. Uh, That's because he spends all his money on food. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I do. I do eat a lot of food and He's stuff. He's trying to call but, you a fat but, ass, bro. <laughs> for me, as long as I have my house, my car payment paid, and I'm taking care of Mama Dearest, everything is good. Um, uh, in the future, when I'm when I'm uh, getting up there in the pro ranks, making that good UFC money, uh, hopefully they start paying people good because I don't I don't really do that for money yet. Um, but yeah, in the future I'll definitely get into something, maybe start my own thing. Uh, but yeah, for me it's simple. Keep it simple for now, and if I can't afford some cool things in the future, so where the hoes at? <laughs> well, didn't catch that. I just want to th I want to thank you guys both uh, just for your time, you know, letting us get to know a little bit of the inside of you guys, you know, getting to know more than just the fight. Um, you know, uh, 
if you guys if you guys if you guys want you know plug the uh plug the fight again plug your social media anything you guys want to get out there anything you want to tell the fans anything at all all right so you can find me on muhammad al shatri on facebook uh twitter and instagram is al shatri mma my last name is spelled a l s h a t r i um you know on snapchat mo underscore a 55 um, I'm very talkative. I love talking to people. I love talking to fans. You know, as soon as I see the message, I usually respond. So hit me up. Check me out. KOP 56, June 17. Kenneth Cross. Yeah, you know, can't wait to put his head in my living room. <laughs> All right. Um, you can find me at Godzilla125 on Instagram. That's usually where I do most of my communicating with uh, fans. I like to call you guys fans now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and then my Facebook name is just my name, Muneeb Al-Salmani. And uh, real quick, I want to uh, give a quick shout-out to some of my sponsors. Uh, Realtor Anthony Fawaz, Endgame. Those are also most sponsors. He's, like, not in his head right now. He loves you guys. Um, Metro Cal, he's also mo- me and most sponsor. I can't think of the rest of you. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, like, give you guys a shout-out on Instagram anyways. But, yep, thank you guys. Mo, you got any sponsors you want to plug real quick? Yeah, Cora Thompson with Thrive. Thank you so much for always having my back. Like Muneeb said, uh, Anthony, realtor Anthony Fawaz, um, Metro Cal, uh, Tony's the man. He's always supporting us, helping us out. He always comes out, watches. He's from Grand Rapids, too. Um, you know, everybody, all my sponsors, I, I shout them out all the time. Endgame, Champion, he's one of my new sponsors. He's, you know, guy's great. Uh, he's always looking out for us. He's always, you know, checking up on us during fight camp and if we need anything we really appreciate you um and you know everybody everybody for supporting us man the fans you know uh mtt detroit jiu-jitsu thank you guys so much we can't thank you guys enough you know we love you guys so much and you guys mean the world to us and we're doing this for you guys thank you and uh actually you kind of brought up the last question i have for you guys mtt detroit jiu-jitsu just just talk about what we're here right now you guys are getting ready to you know Spar a little bit, get ready for your fight this weekend, man. Just talk to me about this place, man, and, and what this place means to you. And if anybody is interested in getting into MMA or, you know, just getting started, just talk to, talk to people about uh, MTT and uh, Detroit Jiu-Jitsu. So check out Michigan Top Team on Facebook. Um, It's like it's the nice thing about being here is like a family atmosphere between, you know, and we, we actually, like I said, these are the guys that I always hang out with. And um, the guys from Detroit Jiu-Jitsu downstairs, same thing. Like, you know, it's like a family atmosphere. It's, it's not like you're just coming to a gym, working out, and then leaving. No, you come here. We spend more time talking after training and hanging out than we do uh, actually training sometimes. You know, these are my friends. These are my brothers. And, you know, we we kick it all the time. Um, you So we're on Michigan Avenue between Schaefer and Greenfield in Dearborn, Michigan. Um Detroit Jiu-Jitsu is downstairs on the first floor. Michigan Top Team is right on top of it. You got to park in the back parking lot. Come in here. Talk to us. Uh, tell them you know more. You get a free session, I think. If not, I'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, I know more. <laughs> I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, come in. Check us out. You know, get a free session in. Check out one of the classes. Me and Monique teach. Uh, Monique teaches Tuesdays, Thursdays. I teach on Mondays. Derek Mandel teaches on Wednesdays. Uh, Darren, Jason, Cody are always teaching all the time. You know, come in and check, it us, check us out, man. We, you know... It's a good time in here. It's not always uh, so serious, too. Any any words about MTT and uh, Detroit Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, man, these are some great gyms right here. If you wanna if you wanna get better and become a better person, not only a better fighter, even if you don't even like to fight, you just want to be a part of something amazing, and you want to be more than just somebody who just smokes all the time and 
plays video games like a dork. Come in here and <laughs> come in here and get and get get with the program. We're out here, we're out here doing shit with our lives and, uh, yeah, that's all I gotta tell you. You know, you'll like it. Oh man, but uh, Kyle, any any final words before I go ahead and wrap this up for? Them? Um, I just want to thank both of you guys. Uh, you know, like I say, this is a joint a joint thing between his podcast All Stick No Sizzle and our new podcast that we're opening up uh, Knockouts and Three Counts. I just want to thank both of you guys for being the inaugural interview. Uh I want to thank you guys for letting us come up in here uh at Top Team and being, you know, so welcoming and uh you know, uh be on the lookout. We're going to have a Twitter coming, Instagram, all that stuff so that we'll be able to help better promote the stuff and uh check out both this podcast and All Stick No Sizzle and uh check me out on Twitter uh at Detroit Knockout. Detroit N O K O U T on Facebook. My uh, Kyle Collison K Y L E C O L L I S O N. Um, I just thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for your time for even coming out to come chat with us, man. No, no, no. Thank you. If you guys are ever looking to spice shit up and you guys get bored, give me a call. I love talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that CM Punk? He loves talking shit. But once again, thank you guys for, for being on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. And uh, once again, uh, KO, KOP this Saturday, June 10th. June 17th, I'm sorry. June 17th at the Delta Plex in Grand Rapids. Tickets are $25 starting off. Doors open at 6. And the fight start at 7. You guys know where you are on the card real quick? Uh, I'm the amateur main event, so I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Okay. I'm going to be third from last, and Jesse Bazzi is going to be the main event. Okay. Even though he stood us up. Yeah, give a, give a shout-out to Bazzi real quick, man. Uh, shout or, out to or trash him if you want to. <laughs> shout, we'll do a little bit of both. Shout-out to, <laughs> shout to Jesse Bazzi, right? He's, uh, when, he came, when he came to Michigan Top Team, he wasn't bad. He was a really tough, scrappy kid, but he wasn't very technical. Man, I have, I've seen that kid leap and bound. You know what I mean? He is probably one of the, one of the best – uh, in the past three to four years, you know, I mean, he's not scared of anybody. So anyone 25 or anywhere, UFC, Bellator, anywhere that wants to get it, Jesse Bazzi's ready to go at any given time, you know, at the drop of a dime. And he's always close to weight. He barely cuts any any weight to make uh, 125. Shout out to Jesse Bazzi. Thank you for standing us up, first of all. You know, we did this we did this interview without you. No no big deal. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's great, man. He's a great guy, and he's a tough-ass fighter. All I gotta say about Jesse Bazzi is that's my best friend. You know, we're in here every single day. We we signed up at the gym almost like a week apart, so we've been in this together, and we're gonna take it to the top for sure. And this Saturday, I can't wait to fight on the same card as him. Even though he stood me up today, <laughs> uh, I'll see him at the photo shoot in a minute. So we're good. <laughs> Jesse Bazzi is the main event of this card, so make sure you go ahead and get your tickets to check that out. Do you guys know if you can stream the fight anywhere or anything like that? Uh, you you can get it on pay per view. Or you can come out and watch us live and party with us. Hit up Moneeb if you need tickets. ASAP. Also want to give a quick shout out also to one of my former teammates that's with you guys as well, Anthony Scoops Fleming, that'll be on that card too. Uh, I've known him a long time. I've been in his corner for a lot of his amateur fights and to see him on the card too. So good luck to all three of you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Scoops drives two and a half hours to train out here. So he's a lot. <laughs> He drives up cold water, so he's a little crazy, but he's a great guy. So I can't wait to fight on the same car as him, too. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back right after this.
Once again, I want to thank Mo and Manif for joining us on the show. Like I said, it was a very good conversation. Really enjoyed speaking to these two gentlemen. If you are in the Grand Rapids area this weekend, make sure you go check them out at the Delta Plex, June 17th. Tickets start off at $25, general admission. I think they go up $5 at the door. I'll double-check that. Yep, that's right. Yep. So, $25 in advance, $30 at the door. Make sure you go check these guys out. Uh, also, go check out fellow team members, Mr. Flemings and Bozzy. They're on this card as well. Bozzy is in the main event. So, go check out Michigan Top Team. Go support Michigan MMA, people. Michigan Top Team is one of the more prominent gyms in the Michigan area. So, let's go show them some support. And... Let me just wish Maneeb and Mo, Mo luck. Bring that bell home, fellas. Well, bring that bell home, Maneeb. Mo, go ahead and uh, get yourself a title shot, brother. And, you know, like I said on the show, man, after this victory, man, hopefully we'll be seeing you uh, December 2nd at the Little Caesars Arena fighting CM Punk. I'm just throwing that out there. I'll make sure I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll tweet this out to Mr. Punk. But, once again, thank you guys for joining me on the show. This uh, was the first interview that we've done on, let me get it right, knockouts and three counts. See, Kyle, I got it right. <laughs> this is our first interview, and I really enjoyed it. The, the fellas will definitely be back on the show. And like I said in the intro, we had some breaking news right before I started recording the intro for this show. Mr. Conor McGregor and uh, Mr. Floyd Mayweather will be fighting. We're going to talk about that more on our next episode and we're also going to break down this weekend's money in the bank pay-per-view from the wwe if you're in the dearborn area on sunday come on out join us have a beer with us we'll uh we'll have a beer and, and watch some some women still the show as they always do so come on out and join us if not stay tuned for the next episode where we break down the card and like i said we're going to give our thoughts on conor mcgregor versus floyd mayweather so make sure you follow us on social media. Pretty much you can find us at KO3CPod across the board. That's our email. That's our Twitter page. And just type in knockouts and three counts. See, I got it right, Kyle. Knockouts and three counts in the search bar on Facebook and our page will pop right up. Also, those of you all Stake No Sizzle listeners, you can check me out on my normal social media. That is Twitter. Devin the 6-3, D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E-6-3. On Instagram, that is All Stake No Sizzle, one word. You can type in All Stake No Sizzle Podcast in your search bar on Facebook, and it'll pop right up. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so at ASNSPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and by the way, the knockouts and three counts. See, Kyle, I got it right. <laughs> the knockouts and three counts. Uh... Email address is ko3cpod at gmail.com. So feel free to hit us up on either one of those platforms, any of those platforms, on the All Stake No Sizzle side or the Knockouts and Three Counts side. We'll respond to you. So once again, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, peace. <laughs>